0: have sung a wonderful prayer, and so now we pray this same prayer. Father, now call us out of our wandering. Jesus, now come and cast out our fear. Spirit, now preach the Son to our deafness, and open our hearts, open our hearts to you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I notice that a miracle has already happened what we've done so far, according to the clock, has taken no time at all. That means we got all the time in the day. (laughs) I want to speak directly to those who are being confirmed, but what I say especially to them, I could say generally to all of us because uh, this passage is indeed the word of God, the living word of God. As I was praying toward this service, I read a phrase in the First Peter passage that got my attention. If you have a Bible or if you have a phone with the ringer turned off, please feel free to turn to First Peter because I'll be hitting a couple of points in that passage. Or I you've got it in your, te- your uh, bulletin, don't you? How convenient. In verse 3, speaking to followers of Jesus Christ, Peter declares to them in verse 3, you have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, a couple of thoughts hit me when I read that. If you call yourself a Christian, if you've come to believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead and that he is Lord, you have experienced a new birth, which is a fairly definitive marker, is it not? (laughs) Either you've been born or you've not been born. So a question, how many of you have been born? How do you know? Do you really know? A more specific question. How many of you have given birth? How do you know? Are you sure? Birth markers are fairly clear. Either you have been born or you haven't. Either you have given birth or you haven't. Peter says to followers of Jesus Christ, you have been born again. You have been given a new life, a new life in the Spirit, spirit Spirit-generated, the possibility of a Spirit-filled life. Paul says that every, if anyone be in Christ, he, she is a new creation, new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. New things have come. John chapter 15, the passage in the Gospels today, Jesus calls us to abide in him to receive the continual infusion of his life. And he not only invites us, he actually commands us to do so, to receive that life from him, which I would suggest is a way of inviting us or commanding us to live with the grain of who we really are. In other words, to not abide in Christ, to not receive the life of Christ, is to actually live apart from, live against the grain of who you actually are. You are born again. You are alive in Christ. Now, Peter goes on to give three descriptors of this new life in uh, this passage before us. First of all, he says it's a life characterized by hope. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and fading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Now, if you really dwell in those three verses, it's packed with hope. But it's hope all tied to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's sort of the linchpin of the whole conversation. Because it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ on which we stake our faith And we stake our hope. Paul says that if Christ not be raised, then we're fools. But Christ has been raised, and he points to the reality in history. And we're invited to fix our eyes and faith on the resurrection Jesus, and to literally imagine him in his resurrection. So what I would suggest to you today, just be very practical. Whenever you're threatened by fear, or hopelessness, or worry, or sorrow, consider Jesus the resurrected Jesus. Sit in front of the resurrected Jesus and take the time to imagine the resurrected Jesus and at least let that infuse back into you wherever you are the implications. Let your imagination be shaped by the resurrection of Jesus. And what I mean practically speaking, let's talk about that. I mean that injustice and hatred will not win the day. Truth and love will triumph. I mean that violence and fear will not always lurk on the edges of human society. Justice will be done. The kingdom of God will come in fullness. I mean sin will not reign over you. You're being transformed in Christ. You're being delivered. You're being healed. I mean climate change and environmental winter is not the final end of creation because there's a new creation on the other side. Hallelujah. Want to it be beautiful? I mean, grief and loss is not the inevitable end of every human life. We don't need to imagine that we're going to sit and watch everything that is good and precious slip away from us. Because we are going to the marriage feast of the Lamb where we're going to be family and community and friends for the rest of eternity. You will not end up alone because you're never deserted. You're ne- you are never deserted. The Lord is near. I'm not, I'm not telling you what ifs. I'm telling you what is. Anxiety and depression are not so powerful that they actually define reality. They're not. Because light, life, and love, and victory are reality. I mean that the forces of evil and political wickedness and cultural insanity are not in control. Jesus is Lord. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom is being built. I mean that the only thing that we might possibly do to survive is not just run and hide. We can actually live with confidence with our eyes open, our face open to the world because we know that we are with Christ. I mean that there are actually answers to your questions. Now, we may not understand all those answers in this life. We may struggle through the rest of our lives with elements of our faith. We will. That's my definition. But there are answers and in the end it will all will be well. We are born again into a realm defined by hope. It is the DNA of the Christian life. It's like the air we breathe. It's like the light we exist in. Hope is around us. The second thing that Peter says about this new life is that we are people of faith. Verse 6. In this you rejoice though for a A little while now, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. By definition, all the things that I've just said about hope, we receive by faith. Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So there is this element that included in the faith that we have been promised is a, excuse me, the hope that we've been promised is a faith that we have to live into. Now that doesn't mean that there is no evidence for what we believe. There is ample evidence for what we believe. History is filled with reliable evidence for Christ's resurrection and the Christian faith in the existence of this church. There are stories of transformation and change from people who walk before us and people who walk with us talk to people and hear what God has done in their life there are miracles and interventions and God is pleased to open our eyes from time to time to an actual miracle in our life an inexplicable thing where God is at work and God is Answered prayer. We know the plausibility of creation or the nature of human life, the nature of what it means to be human. And we know that there's far more to life than what we can see. There's elements of reality like justice and truth and love and goodness. And we hang our souls on those things because we know they're true, even though we don't see them. As Christians, we have an eternal life alive to God. There's a spiritual world. It's not just about my quote-unquote spirituality, but there's a world of spirit beings. And there is the Holy Spirit who is alive and at work. There are events in history that we cannot see that are real and yet have ongoing reality. In other words, history's not dead. <laughs> it has impact and living impact for us. The cross of Jesus Christ is the one that is most clear. We say each Sunday at this table, Jesus is sacrificed once for all upon the cross. (laughs) It happened in history, but it is a present reality. He is sacrificed. Present reality rooted in history, an event in history. We weren't there. We, we weren't at the foot of the cross. We can't see or touch that. We weren't in the garden when we, he was raised. But these events continue as present tense reality that give us life. The promises of God are true and will come true. That's faith. All I'm talking about is how we live by faith. Now, by nature, Peter says, your faith will be tested. So what I'm saying to you is if hope is the DNA, the air, faith is like the muscles by which we live and do the Christian life. It's what we do. The faith is what we do, how we act. And like any muscles, they need to be stretched and strengthened and you need to work out. And so Peter says, your faith is going to get a workout. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you are being called to exercise faith. To believe in what you hope for and to hold on to what you cannot see. That's the nature of what it means to be a Christian. No apologies. No apologies. Finally, the faith that we live by directs the eyes of our hearts to Jesus. Again, we circle back to the object of our faith is the object of our hope, right? The object of our hope is the resurrected Jesus. The object of our faith is Jesus, whom we cannot physically see, but we love. Verse 8, though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory. Peter is making a statement of fact to Christians. To believe in Jesus... And to follow Jesus is to love Jesus. It's a statement of also invitation and aspiration and encouragement to be a people of love. And to grow in love by believing in Jesus and following Jesus. I think there's something that's very, very special there because your feelings for Jesus are going to come and go, right? Or is that just me? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. At least there's one person in the room that connects. Okay, okay. But what not need come and go is your belief in him and your obedience to him. And Jesus counts that as love. <laughs> Isn't that great? Jesus says, that's, a good, that, that's good enough. That's, that's love. I get that. You're abiding in my love. And so we are called to be a people of love, not only for Jesus, centered in Jesus, but not only for Jesus, but for one another. And again, to live as we are called to live with one another. And not only limited to the Jesus and to the church, but we, if you read on in the book of 1st Peter, we are called to be a people of love in the world. We are strangers and exiles. People oppose and reject what we say. But we are nevertheless called to love and bless those, even those who reject us and what we say. Love is the heart and the passion. Hope is the DNA and the air. Faith is the muscles by which we live. Love is the passion, the joy. This is what God offers us. He offers us a life of growing love for Him, for one another, and for the world. So that as we grow older, we should grow more loving. As we walk further, we walk in love. Brighter and brighter hope to breathe in, stronger faith to use. Growing love to fill us with joy. So let me give you two admonitions, Confirmants, okay? First of all, shake off the shrouds of the old life. You've got a new life. you got a new life. It's hope, faith, love. You've got a life of expected faith, hope, and love. Like Frodo and Sam walking through Shelob's cave, hold up the light of Galadriel and let it pierce the darkness and drive away the spiders. it doesn't seem possible, if you're charging through Mordor and you've bereft of beauty and it just looks like disaster everywhere, hold on to the memory of beauty because it will come back. So my admonition is shake off the shrouds, hold up the light, remember the beauty, and then finally, imagine yourself living into the shape of the life that you've been given. You've been given. I'm looking at you guys. You've been given a life of hope. Live into hope. You've been given a life of faith. Live into faith. You've been given a life of love. Live into it. It's a big life out there. He's drawn a huge picture for you of who you are to be. Live into it. Stand there with that image and just start living in that direction in every way. Hope, faith, and love. And become who you are for the rest of your life. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. What a life we have.